0: hola and welcome to the beauteous me podcast a relatable and authentic space for all every week we hop on a roller coaster share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss we do this all while finding its inner beauty my name is jamini whitfield and the journey begins now hola and welcome to the beauteous me podcast a relatable and authentic space for all Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamini Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. We are back, and I have two amazing women from the She Heals Project. Remember I told you it was a group of women, so I started off with two, Noemi and Cindy, and now I have Isabel and Favela. These are my Dominican compatrias. My comadres are here. <laughs> Dominicans are in the house, quarantined in all. <laughs> so we would have had this in person like um, we did with... Cindy and with um, Noemi, pero how they have us quarantined. Everybody's quarantined in their house, but you know, thanks to technology, we are zooming it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let so ladies just say hi, and I will introduce you guys.
1: Hola, hope everybody's staying safe. Oh. During these times, thank you so much for even still considering doing this and sharing your platform with us. We're really appreciative.
0: Thank you.
2: Hello, everyone. Z- Zoom is lit. Zoom is where it's at right now. <laughs> this is how we're keeping socializing, because I can't do this social distance. I'm way too of a, of a social butterfly. I so know. Hello, everyone.
0: Yay. So I keep telling people, I'm- I send you virtual hug. I'm sending virtual this, because that we can't even be around... People, unless okay. you're in your house, right? And your kids are eating up all your soon. stuff. <laughs> yes. pretty, soon, yeah. pretty soon, pretty soon. All right. Soon. So I'm going to start off because it's towards the front of the book. I'm not taking favoritism. We're going to introduce Isabel Rojas Lopez. Isabel Rojas Lopez was born and raised in the Bronx. She is married to Mr. Lopez, whom she credits for encouraging her on her self-love journey. She is a mother to an amazing 13-year-old named Ariana. She is of proud Dominican descent. <laughs> her parents migrated to the United States in the 60s in search of a better life. She, was, she has three amazing siblings whom she loves and is very close with. She earned her bachelor's degree from John Jay Criminal, College of Criminal Justice and her MPA from Kaplan University. She has an extensive background in law enforcement. Don't mess with her, guys. Don't, don't mess with her. She was law enforcement in the Bronx. She for you. <laughs> and is currently employed by her local county district attorney. Oh, that is awesome. She currently resides in Hudson Valley area with her husband, daughter, and fur baby Chance. Oh, I want to see Chance. Um, she is an entrepreneur at heart. A three-time author, her book, Parenting from Broken Pieces, was released in October of 2018. I didn't know you wrote that book. Now that I'm putting it two and two together. Oh, okay. All right. And was later translated into Spanish. In her free time, she enjoys reading, writing, traveling, spending time with her family, and giving back to her community. Isabel encourages others to embrace their purpose and go after it with everything they have. She is a lover of all things that empower people to be the best version of themselves. Her goal is for those reading her book to find healing and feel empowered to step outside of their comfort zone. Isabel, yes. <laughs> and then la prima de Isabel, porque you know, we got family everywhere. Sí, but prima. Dime prima. prima, right? <laughs> they legit primas, though we're not making this up. <laughs> no, because you know, I'm sorry with because everybody is a cousin. It'd be true,
2: though. We real,
0: real, real prima. We real prima. I'm like, mira, prima. Sí, si prima. ¿Y cuántos primos tú tienes? We got a lot of cousins. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Favela Rojas is a Christian servant, writer, fine and performing arts enthusiast, passionista, and student of life. She was born and raised in Santiago, Dominican Republic. Ay, pero qué feis. <laughs> she moved to New York. In September of 2000. She currently lives in Queens with her youngest sister, Ana Rojas, and their two dogs, Chelsea and Lola. Oh, they're so quiet. Where's Chelsea? Lola? Are so quiet? Chelsea. Chelsea's sleeping. Oh. And I'm not getting sad. Lola
2: passed away.
1: Oh.
0: Okay. All right. I'm sorry, Lola. R.I.P. to Lola. She has a long career in business operations, and when she is outside of the office walls, you might find her exploring one of her passions, painting, reading, or writing her thoughts. Favela believes in the transformative power of God to heal, restore, and help us live an abundant life. She uses the wisdom from her experiences to instill faith and love and encourage others to learn, grow, and evolve. Known for her transparency, humor, and strong disposition, Favela's message is one of empowerment and the mind renewal that happens when we put our faith in Christ. With the empathy and understanding that all things are not good, she reminds us that we are not meant to stay stuck in our trials. Our pain can be healed and we can move forward in wholeness and freedom. Favela has experienced the transformative love of God and his divine ability to use everything for purpose. (laughs) Wepa! Favela, this is beautiful and amazing. So as I said, I'm not here to choose and pick or choose, but I'm going to start with Isabel um, because Isabel is towards the front of the book. Guys, you have to pick up the book and we're going to talk about it afterwards. And I already told you where you could find it. But every author, um, whoever you want to contribute to, that's basically um, how they've Uh, done their project. So she heals, she heals, she heals. Okay. (laughs) So Isabel, in reading your story and in reading your journey, I found it, as I I shared when we met in person, your story is my story, Favela's story is my story for so many different components, because we could take and extract from certain things and find the the commonness, which was what now and now more i get the purpose of this project and why you did this because although everyone's story is a little bit different there's still a color palette that's kind of still the same and so when you shared your trauma and your childhood trauma it spoke to me in in so many different ways because i'm also a survivor um and in my story and, and in this journey and trying to share um, my healing journey, my passion and everything. Um, I've learned that the my low self-esteem, right? Favela, the promiscuity was something extracted from my trauma. And I've also learned that I've had to let people go. So I'm, I'm going back and forth, guys, because I'm going into one story and the other story, just so you guys could understand the purpose of this project and and these wonderful women, because they're all wonderful women. You really have to meet them. Um but in the self esteem thing, that captured me where it's just like you feel like you always have to do work 10 steps harder because you want people to find your value, to know your worth, that you count, that you matter, that you can do things. And I think about our personality as women, where, and especially women in like a leadership position or in your position um, when you were working for law enforcement, et cetera where you have to kind of be a little bit domineering. You're a woman of color, so that that sets this bar. Hey, Isabel and I, we short. So we're short, and so that sets, <laughs> that sets a whole nother bar. You know what I'm saying? And then they oh, see yeah. mm-hmm. short, feisty women, and it's like, oh, well, why are you doing this? But it's not understanding that the story behind the little girl, that 8-year-old little girl, or for me, that 12-, 13-year-old little girl, says something as to why we have to kind of put this this thing and for years and you and you sharing that your daughter was the one who was like that key to kind of open up that pandora's box to just start healing like let it go you know and favela for you it was that breakthrough where you were just like i gotta stop playing around with god i gotta stop being like hallelujah today and tomorrow let's go out let's go do this you know where it was that in and out battle and i and I, i felt that in my soul where i'm just like you know, where you 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 hear those components in it. And so for me, Isabel, just I, I want you to talk about your transformation because I'm glowing right now speaking to you guys because you guys are, are freaking strong women and have so much to share. And I don't want to give too much to the readers, but here's what captured me. Low self-worth will have you believing false narratives. That was like, bam, boom, drop the mic, let go. I had to take responsibility for all the choices I made in the past. The poor choices, the inner critic, the guilt that rented space in my soul. Low self-esteem, all for the sake of my inner peace. Talk to me about that. Why was that your inner peace? Just
1: listening to to you say the words, honestly, I'm I'm a little emotional. Mm. Because um, you know, I think that living in the city, you know, living in my space for all those years, where I couldn't really—I always knew, like you said, you know, you have to be like the strong woman. You have to be like, yeah, I uh, notice me—not notice me, like you're trying to show off. but mm-hmm. Give me that respect. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And there was something that I always was like, no, nope, you—you don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me. Yes. And some people take that the wrong way, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, she's a B, or she's this, or she's that, right? Not knowing, and you know, and I was one of those people that criticized other people, right? Because that was my fate, right? Yeah, the and I think everyone's guilty. Yeah. In, so nobody gets through that fence that I had on, right? So of course I'm going to be talking <laughs> shit about other people. I'm sorry, I curse. No, that's okay. Favela,
0: Favela, press. Favela te va a mandar una bendicion ahí, sí. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: you use foul language. we I are I'm authentic
0: sorry. we are here to be authentic god doesn't judge any of us.
1: so i think that with me i spent so much time trying to hide my i felt unworthy because of what happened to me i didn't understand it so i kind of felt like damaged goods mm. for a long time um, and that just rented, it. it was like I said, like a, a baggage that I brought to every relationship, to every friendship, to everything. I wasn't a nice person because I didn't like the person that was staring back at me when I looked in the mirror. Wow. And that was, it took a lot of work to say, let it all go. Let it all go for your sake. Like, people now are like, you're like, you know, but I don't care what you think about yeah. me anymore. I lived with that for so long. Yeah. It's either you're going to like me when you meet me. You don't. And if you don't, it's okay. We're not meant to be friends or be liked by everybody. Mm-hmm. But back then, I didn't believe that. I felt like if somebody doesn't like me, oh, my God, the shame starts to come out, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or, or if you, like, feel like you said something wrong, that paranoia, you stay with it, like, almost all day, 24-7, like, did I mean to say that? Why should I say Girl, that? Why did I oh yes. For days. Wait, Yes.
1: Yes. You it and you're like, oh my, God, take oh, my God, oh my God, did I do this the right way? Did I say this right? Yeah. You know, I've always had like a fear of speaking in public. I still do. I still get very nervous. But what I've learned is this is who I am. Mm. This is who I am. And I am wonderfully made, right? That's called, and I mess up everything. But I am. I am who I'm supposed to be. And I didn't feel like this years ago. Yeah. I felt like I had to, you know, go the extra mile. I had to do extra. I had to be extra so people can love me. Mm-hmm. Relationships, you know, um, being in relationships that I had no business being in. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, your you know? story is my story. You're like,
1: why? why? Yeah, it's like, why did <laughs> I deal with that? How did I allow? How did mm-hmm. they do, like, treat me, like, cheat mm-hmm. on me. You know, one thing I, I gotta say is, you know people say oh domestic i said no thankfully that it was something feisty
0: about me. no te miedo. they up. knew you was law enforcement they were like yeah, i'm oh gonna mess with que te, que, en law enforcement.
1: But, <laughs> you know not only that and i think that it was even my husband said to me when he met me um you want to wear the pants
0: wow that is deep
1: yeah, he's like, yo, you want to wear the pants. Just let me be. I'm, I'm... And I had, a, I had a hard time with letting a man take over because I got me. I could do this for myself. I don't need this. I didn't know how to be submissive in the right way because I felt like if I was being submissive, I was going to get hurt.
2: And it Vulnerable. was mean. I didn't yeah.
1: have a voice as a young girl because of what happened to me. So I had to fight for my voice. Mm. And everything felt like a threat because I couldn't control what happened to me. But now I could control what happens to me right? because yeah. I'm older.
0: Oh, girl, your story is... Like, I'm just having chills because your story... I'm telling you, your story is my story. And your story is everyone else's story. And it's. And it, you extract it and you're in relationships. And, you know, this is... In talking about relationships, a lot of women who are still single, because they've also experienced this self-esteem thing or have experienced this um, trauma... That, that's been hard for them to move on in relationships because they want to be the firm, assertive person. So when they mm-hmm. hear a man say, calmate, calm down, let, let me be assertive, let me take over, it's like, no, 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 nobody's going to ever do this to me again. You start seeing everyone kind of in that same light.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
0: So I'm also going to share that um, you also talked about fear from that experience kept me crippled and confused. I was angry and scared. I resorted to self-sabotaging behaviors because that was what was familiar to me. So what were the self-sabotaging behaviors besides like the relationship?
1: I think it's, um, success. Once I almost got to it, it was like, nope, I'm gonna give up. I'm not doing it. Right. Or even having toxic friendships or even with family, like not being loving, um, Feeling as if people were disposable. Wow. You know, um, you know, my cousin would tell you we had a term. I love my cousin to death. And I allow a lot of my own insecurities to keep me from being her big cousin. Mm. You know, from being, seeing what other people were putting in my head. As if defining people by what others said to me yeah. and not doing my work. So I owned my part in a lot of even my friendships. A lot of the girls in this book that. I wasn't there for some of them through their tough times mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to be a friend because I didn't feel worthy of that love from anybody.
0: Damn, that's
1: powerful. You know, yeah. so it was like, okay, whatever. We, a friendship, good friendships. I let go. Like, I'm not even going to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Family, family, like my cousin, like I say, again, with Fave, you know, it was we and 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 she will she'll get into that a little bit if she wants to. Mm-hmm. But I always looked up to her and her strength. You know, her coming to from DR, and I felt like I didn't do enough to help her mm-hmm. because of my own insecurities. And I did that a lot with a lot of friends that were, you know, to this day I say, "Wow, I
2: was messed up."
0: <laughs> but you're owning you know? it. You're owning it, and and part of your journey. Is that you acknowledge it and you're owning it. And so the fact that you could publicly say, I wasn't a good friend, I wasn't a good family member, I wasn't a good this, but you realize that now you also had a lot of pain. And so the people who are still there, you know, your cousin Favela, your husband, or your friends, part of this journey, mm-hmm. you know, also understand that they've had their own part in other things as well, you know, where one could mm-hmm. be maybe too much of a good friend, but has neglected their family or has neglected themselves physically or spiritually or emotionally. Um, that's, we're human and we're always mm-hmm. evolving and transforming. And I think that's the beauty of when you're in a journey of healing is that you can respect other people. And, and it's mm-hmm. like I said in one of my podcasts, I said, I, I said that we have to look at people as to what happened to you, not what's wrong with you.
1: Yes, yes. Okay.
0: That defines a a whole new lens. Yes.
1: It's a whole new lens when you get to a certain age. Yes. You know, even in our careers, I say that now I always say what has happened to this person if they're where they're at, you know, like not what's wrong with you. Right. You know, and that empathy comes out more, Mm -hmm. um, where before I knew I had the empathy because I would feel guilty when I didn't treat people. Right. I always felt guilty. Um, but it was just that whole part of me that was angry, yeah. that was just didn't know how to say, shit, this happened to me. And this, hurt. I don't know. I did not know. The, I don't know. The, how do you put a feeling like the words for it? I didn't know any of that. Yeah. It was, it didn't happen. You put it in the back, you follow it in the back of your mind, but it shows up in different things. In it so many different ways. Relationships. It shows up in, you know, I went through a period of, financial ruin, like shopping all the time. Like if I, like, if I had it like that to spend,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? And then I was like, wait, I want these things. De que and que if I want de, a home in these de things. Pérate, right. <laughs> pérate, <laughs> right. Pérate. Exactly. And I have to really, really say to myself, okay, I've worked hard and, I, and I've always worked hard. I've always wanted more, but there's a limit Mm-hmm. and the things that i was those things didn't define me and i was looking for love and comfort for myself through the wrong things yeah you know just like relationships material things are the same way yeah you know we want to it's it's a whole nother conversation
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i know after giving birth to your daughter um and some of the things that you experienced, um, postpartum depression and everything, something clicked in you to be like, I don't want to feel this way. Um, this is not for me. I have a kid that I've brought into this world. Talk to me how you started your healing journey.
1: So whew, having my daughter, um, when I was pregnant, uh, I was scared mm-hmm. through my pregnancy. I had moved to the state of Florida. I had really no friends, just my sister. So I felt really alone. Um, I was like, am I going to fail her? Am I going to lack? So I was pregnant and trying to enjoy my pregnancy, but my fears, my anxiety of, am I going to be a good mom? Mm-hmm. I've moved to this new state. I have a whole new role. Um, am I going to be enough for her? Mm. So, fast forward to giving birth, um, it was traumatic in itself, you know, I almost lost her, her heartbeat was gone, thank God to this day just had an heart issue, thank you Jesus for that. Um, but that was traumatic, yeah. and I was like, God, am I paying something? You know, like, I, you know how you start to
0: think yeah, the, the how Spanish I people be, be, be like, tú estás pagando por lo que tú hiciste. No.
1: Once I held her and I never forget in the hospital, having her in front of me and laying with her. And I was like, this is a gift I've been given. And I cannot. She's she. I remember so much of me and her looking at her and touching her and saying, I don't want you to be like me. Mm -hmm. I have to. I have to has to change who I am. Oh, that got me so emotional.
0: Oh my God. And,
1: yeah. And I'm going to tell you, it was, I cried. I had a C-section. I was already in pain. I already felt like vulnerable, right? Because mm-hmm. I couldn't even move. And having my husband, who at the time we weren't married because I was selfish, Right? I don't want to get married in a white, you know, with a big belly <laughs> that, right? So we kept putting off marriage. And having this man take care of me in my most vulnerable, vulnerable time of my life, because you, people that have had a C-section know how vulnerable you are. Where you can't even go to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> and having this man love me the way and, and show me that was just, I was like, I owe this to this human. We created this life together. And I know that if I change, she's going to be okay. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'm i not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm still failing. But I'm having conversations on something my mom didn't have with me. If I say something to her, just like the other night, I was upset, and I, you know, I I spoke to her the wrong way, and I FaceTimed her while she's in her room, and I said, I love you. I don't want to go to bed angry. I'm sorry for the way I reacted, but I need you to understand that what you did, but let's talk about it in the morning. I love you. We both messed up, and yeah. it's okay. That's my. I didn't have that. It was always...
0: Culturally, none of us had it that. It was
1: always a beating, yeah. right? It was always... Um, and I started to do that. When she got a little older, I, and I had to really say to myself, you can't do this because I remember that little girl I was when I was getting beat, how mm-hmm. worthless I felt, mm-hmm. you know, my mother, you know, my mother would beat the living crap out of me until I was a teen slap me in my face. You know how degrading that is. I said, I can't do this to this little girl. Yeah, I can't, I owe everything. And I, and I know people say, Oh, that's not, I owe everything to who I am today to that day I gave birth in August. Yeah, and because people that can't old change me that. Died. Yeah. That old me died when I gave life.
0: And people can't judge you for that. Um, I think it's important that you say that my best friend the other day, we were having a conversation and um we were talking about um because I I, I experience my traumas, I experienced it um not only Interfamilial with incest, but also with my female cousins. And so um, when I shared that with my, with my best friend, she was like, no wonder you were so angry for such a long time. During your adolescence, you were always so angry. And I think about the birth of my son made me less aggressive, mm-hmm. less angry, because even when I was pregnant with him, I almost fought with somebody. You know, I, I almost fought with someone where I had to think, Jamili what are you doing? You know, and, and so, yes, sometimes a, a child comes into this world or someone comes into your life, whether it's adoption, a child, a husband, a partner, something to kind of shift and change you. And that's God's work, too, because I, I wasn't supposed to have kids. You know, I, I had cervical cancer. I had surgery twice, literally back to back. And then I come out pregnant in September. My doctor was like... Hey, you you're you just playing yourself you know and I had complications my son came early but I call him my miracle child and he's he changed so much in me and so yeah it's okay to be a shitty parent at times but own it you owned it you know none of us were able to have that from our parents our parents didn't turn around and be like I mean, I'm sorry I'm sorry I spoke to you that way I was wrong you crazy you crazy <laughs> For our parents to admit that they were wrong. Let me tell you something. My mom, and she's a, she's, my parents are church folks to the max. And one of the things that I always have to tell my mom is like, Dona, pero tú no eres de la iglesia. ¿Y por qué tú estás guardando resentimiento? Like, why are you holding on to grudges? You a lady of church. Like, why are you doing that? And I have to keep reminding her, because if you piss my mama off days without talking to you, I'm like, passive aggressive behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those things, I almost brought into my parenting, so yeah, it you you it goes by learned behavior, but it also goes by the trauma. And what I what I try to say is like when we were talking about what happened to you, I now start thinking what happened to my mom, what happened yes. to my grandmother, yes. those generations in our family. Like yeah, we could say it's cultural, but also we we mm-hmm. bring in that culture and we continue to reinforce that in the culture. And how do we it cut has- it off? And that's and what you're doing. Yeah,
1: it has and, to stop somebody. And
0: and that's what you're doing. And that's what you're listening. And that's beautiful that you're doing. that. And your healing journey shows that. And and the opportunity and the platform that you've opened up for so many women. You know, um, I I met you that physically that day that I that I saw you at at, at the um, at the bookstore event, and I felt like I I knew you for a long time. I was like, oh my god, hi, how are you? <laughs> It just felt a connection because you feel the sisterhood when you when when women are in healing journeys and you. It's not about you. It's not about ego. It's not about that. It's all about how do we help and embrace each other. Your love for human kindness and for human beings is different. It's mm-hmm. so different, and and I you know I want people to I want people to know who you women are. You know, just which is why I love this project because you're all on a different mission to kind of. Show your most vulnerable parts. Like you guys are just like me right here. Everybody come and see. <laughs> you guys are showing your most vulnerable parts. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the cover. That was the, that was the idea with
0: the cover. Yeah. That we are
1: naked with y- our troops.
0: Very much so, you know, but but it's Okay. And the fact that you were vulnerable to put your story out there and not care. And Favela, you put your story out there not caring if anybody from the church comes and reads it and judges you because this is me, this is who I am. And I don't have to prove myself to anybody else but to him. And I think that is amazing. I do have one of your quotes, but I think I'm going to leave it for the end. It's the Melody Lee quote. Yeah, I'm going to leave it to the end because that one was deep. It was deep, deep. It was a little deep. but I want you to go over, you wrote like about twelve um things to remember and tips for self-worthy and recovery. So I want you to go over and give people like three, because you know, I'm not giving you all the book. No, yeah, they have to they have not gratis,
2: We're
0: giving you we're
1: giving you our stories, we're giving you our most vulnerable moments. Yes. Because somebody will find the worth in it. Right? Because you're gonna always have a la chimosa. Yeah. Do not get in But we're not worried about that. The right. la chimosa needs to figure things out later on. Every claro. time, you know, everything comes. I think that everybody's ready when they're ready. Can't yes. force people. Mm-mm. So no matter that's what I tell people, oh they said I'm like, that's okay. It's not their time yet. They'll get there. Yeah. You know? So it's okay. It's okay. But I think um One of the things that have always helped me is affirmation. Mm. I love affirmations. Quotes, olvidate. they They're my favorite. Um, Three of the ones that I wrote down is giving up guilt. And we talked about that earlier. I would feel guilty if I said no to people. Oh, my God. They're going to think this. They're going to think that. I didn't know what healthy boundaries were. Mm. So giving up guilt helped me with my boundaries, setting boundaries, Um, even though I still... Kind of flip-flop with the boundaries now, right? Mm-hmm. La familia,
0: pero. Yeah, because that's, that's the hardest one. I actually, um I recorded with some lady, um, and I'm not giving up her name because you guys could hear the episode, but um she talked about how do you break boundaries in families. And I was like, I need mm-hmm. to end this. And I got two, three nuggets from here because it's not yes. only the boundaries of family, but the culture and how they make you feel guilty. So yes. the guilt is the one thing oh, that yeah. it all and ties in. Feel guilty. Oh,
1: yeah. Feel guilty.
0: oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And another one is when you're trying to heal, we have to stop blame, blaming it on others. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't own our part, we are never going to get over it. Yeah. You know, I was a, I had a victim mentality forever. Now, sometimes people be like, oh, yeah, that triggers me. Like, mm-hmm. stop saying I'm, that's not it. I'm not a victim, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we have to stop blaming other people and own our part, you know. We have to say, okay, what did how did I play a part in that? Yeah. You know, you make not to self-sabotage yourself or beat yourself up, but kind of replay it in your mind where you say where you're able. I'm able to tell people now, hey, I know what I did wrong. I'm sorry that I said that. Mm -hmm. I should have never said it that way. And I have no problem telling anybody I'm sorry. I did you wrong. Let's talk about it. You know, maybe I didn't see it, but now I see it through a whole... You know, my cousin knows. Sometimes she's gotta tell me things like, no, calm down. Think about this. You know, her and my other cousin Jasmine. Jasmine is also in the book. Jasmine Puente. she's also my cousin. And they have held me accountable because sometimes, you know, we're human. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: You go back to that old way and be like, Wait, espérate, espérate, yeah. And I think um Keep working on your positive thinking and self talk. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with all that's going on.
0: Yeah.
1: I started to do gratitude because I had a I have a gratitude jar for two thousand and nineteen. Every little thing at night I will write it down and put it in my gratitude that's jar beautiful. because I mean my jar because we're so quick to complain about everything. Like, I see Facebook. Where I'm complaining about working from home. Fun, you know? Oh,
0: my God. That's that's what I was saying. I'm that's like, you guys are complaining from working from home, but you want to work from home. You're tired of the commute, but now you're home. You don't want your kids. You so like your kids. See, you're the, just-
1: see the blessing <laughs> in it. You know, there's people that still have to go to work. Yeah. You know, throughout last week, I was still going to work. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't complaining. I was a little sad, But I said, God, I'm grateful that I have a job that I can go to the supermarket and buy groceries for my family. Yeah. Because if I didn't have this then I wouldn't have the money, you know, to provide for my family, yeah. you know? So I think being more, a little bit more grateful, um, that was something I always complained about every day. And I stopped doing, I, I'm, I'm working on that mm-hmm. big time. I've improved. And I say, once you start thinking different, that lack mentality, the abundance, you know, the Lord always says, right. How can I trust you when you have, or when you don't have that mentality that you're going to have to that season? Mm-hmm. So you gotta think about that season. When you're in that season, how are you looking at
0: that season? Yeah. You know? Wow, Isabel, that was deep. That was deep. And I want people, like again, we'll we'll get into it. Where are you gonna find their books? Um <laughs> But I wanna I wanna dive into Favela and Favela's story. So, Favela, um, you know, just just reading your story and um and you talking about Self-sabotage and how you sabotage a lot, whether it was friendships, relationships, but you talked about three things, and I'm I'm like so flabbergasted getting into this, but you talked about the three gods you had. You talked about, and I'm gonna name it right here. Okay, so you talked about the three gods you had, the god for the pain with sex, the god of drinking and we and the god of um, painful emotions being addicted to pain it was like addicted to the drama like you know how how spanish people addicted to the que siempre algo malo está pasando or something um that was deep that was deep cuz you never look at the things that you experience and see them as things that you are idolizing if you will as a god so can you talk a little bit more about that
2: Um, so, uh, with sex, sex has a thing that makes you feel loved. Mm -hmm. You usually confuse that having sex equates to love and being in love. Mm -hmm. So there were deep rooted things in me because of my childhood, because of the things that I've been through that it made me seek love. I always was seeking love, 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 you know, it's like a puppy come love me. You know, I want to be loved and, um, the only way I knew how to soothe that need for love was to do things that were self-destructive.
1: Mm.
2: Getting involved with people that, for example, I had to fix. Like I always wanted to fix people. I'm, I'm, I'm attracted <laughs> to, um, you know, that I'm I'm always for the underdog. I'm always go for the, you know, fisser upper. You know, I I like to help others all the time, but. didn't know how to help myself Wow. so sometimes what we do is that we take on these projects you know we take people as projects and then what we do is we end up digging ourselves up more so then to cope I started using you know taking alcohol you know and I'm not talking about a glass of wine I'm talking about Large amounts of alcohol because what I wanted to do was numb every single thing I was feeling. Yeah. Um, then when the alcohol wasn't enough, you know, then I started to smoking weed. And I did i wasn't just, you know, puff of pass whatever, you know, a little bit here and there. <laughs> I was putting aside money. I, my weed money came first. Mm. My alcohol money came first. My kid, my refrigerator could be empty, but as long as I have weed and alcohol money we good Mm. Um, there were many times where um, I degraded myself um, uh, to prove something to, um, to be in this state of like euphoria and that's how you you know, feel those emotions and how you feel, you know, that, the, you know, it's worth to fight for something to work to fight for. And that's how I got involved in a lot of bad relationships. And when I say relationships, I don't necessarily mean, you know, romantic relationships. I'm talking about, I used to hang out with, you know, uh, you know, robbers, you know, people that st- stole cars, um, people that, you know, were doing bad stuff. And, you know, I think that was the common denominator. It was our pain. So that brought us together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, broken people break people. So then what I do is that I go and, you know, come together with people that are broken and, they breaking me even more because you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have, you know, I'm I don't, I don't feel loved by any of my family members, you know, and there's some things there that it made me, you know, I need to go back and say, you know, some of the things you believe lies, mm-hmm. they were you know, people were just living their own life and they were dealing with their own healing and they were dealing with their own. Issues and their own problems. And then you took a route where you wanted to soothe and 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 cope and you know do things that were damaging for you.
0: So so talk a little bit more about that and uh, not feeling loved by your family.
2: So my parents are divorced. Um in, in a specific this this there's a specific um way that this happened. They are divorced divorced with each other twice. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but,
0: no, yes. it sounds very
2: Dominican. I know. <laughs> I know. So my mom, you know, gets pregnant. Typical, I think, you know, family. They she needs to get married quickly. You know, it happens, you know, nomadic it happened in Dominican Republic. So gets married, have me. But that relationship is already doomed from the beginning because it's just not, you know. My father lives in New York. My mom lives in the Dominican Republic. So it's just, you know, my father wasn't thinking to live in the Dominican Republic at all. He tried, but he's truly a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. So um, now there's this long distance relationship. Then then my mom starts, you know, she's scorned. She's humiliated. There's a lot of things that are going on in her life. And, and she's pouring all of that in me. So mm-hmm. you know, she's abusing me, emotionally abused, physically abused. So she's taking everything out that she wanted to probably do and say to my father, but he's in New York. So she doesn't have access to him. So she's doing what she's doing is she's pouring it into me as
0: the reminder of him.
2: Yeah. I am the closest thing to him and I am the reminder of him. And I really do look like my father Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, So she's doing that. So then the inconsistency of my father, who lives in New York, he's not coming often to the Dominican Republic to visit me, but okay, they divorced. When I'm about to turn 12, which is a very dangerous age, because now you're already discovering who you are as a girl, and the boys are now, you know, looking, are you different? Mm-hmm. And your body is feeling different. So my father asked me, what do I want for my birthday? My birthday is January 7th. I told him, I want a family and a sister. Wow. He gets married January 7th of that following year with my mom. Again. Again. (laughs) I know. My sister is born November 13th of that year and within a year and a half they divorce each other again. Wow. So now it's complete horrible situation. I'm already a teenager. My mom is even two times worse because now she has two kids that now she has to worry about.
0: And got married again. And yeah.
2: And it's like a second failure. And mm-hmm. this man did it again. And now I have two. So it was a, I didn't feel like anybody was paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. The attention that I needed at that moment because I was, I was breaking, my family was breaking too. So everybody was just worry about them and what they were feeling and what they were doing. And there was a moment where then the street provided me that. So it was, I went, you know, Dominican Republic, it was it's more of a freedom that it doesn't happen here. Absolutely. You know, I, you know I, I went in the streets and I did a lot of things and you know, I got involved with, you know, gang members and there was a lot of things looking for that love, that yeah. love that I was missing at home, that love that nobody was paying attention to me. Nobody was really worrying about my emotional and my you know intellectual needs they were more worried about if you know eat go to sleep go to school il that's oficio
0: easy. il oficio yes. that's the that's first no. <laughs> better make sure you clean
2: yeah not what wor- not worrying about nothing else mm-hmm. you know there are there are essential needs that a teenager every all of us have essential needs throughout our lives but that developmental point in 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 our lives that's huge that's yeah. That who you become as an adult a lot of that is in that stage mm-hmm. in your life and how you see yourself the image that you see of yourself is created during those formative years so all of those years it was rejection abandonment that's how i feel rejected and abandoned wow. i felt abandoned by my mom which is supposed to be the woman that's supposed to protect me like a bear, you know mama bear did, you know, I didn't feel... To this day, I don't have that connection with my mother. We try, you know, and it's... It, it, I understood the principle of God. Honor your mother and your father. Mm-hmm. He didn't mean if they wasn't good or if they beat you. No, you honor them. Yeah. They are the vessel that I used to bring them into this world. So I honor with all of my heart my mother. But it's not. there is not that connection. There's not that love. There's not that whole thing. You know, sometimes... You know, there's a, there's a lot of things with, with, the, with the whole thing with love. It's like for Mother's Day, it's very hard for me because I don't find a car that I identify with my mother. Wow. So I, I, you know, those cars that say you were there and you were so kind and you, were, I don't, I can't find a car. Yeah. You know? So for me, it's hard because I don't have that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have that. And with my father... Is the same thing. He's he out of the two, he's the lesser, you know, the lesser bad. But he was an absentee father and
0: emotionally unavailable. And I think we see that a lot with um, Latino fathers is that emotionally unavailableness. Because I'm providing, I'm 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 working, yo te di ropa, yo te dieto. I gave you this, I gave you this, I gave you that. That's what I did as a father. That's what I contributed to you. So this is what you're gonna get. Not understanding that as girls. You know, you need that emotional connection. You need somebody to be available for you to pour that love into you to say, these are the kind of men you should be with. Let me role model this for you. Let me role model that for you, etc. So, so I looked deep.
2: in men, the absence of my father. So mm. every time I looked for a man, I was looking to feel what only my father could make me feel. Wow. But then I had to recognize that. We can go back. My father cannot make me feel protected, loved, and all of that because I'm not longer the girl they needed that. I am no longer the teenager they was missing that. You know. So then that was that's where the healing came from. You know.
0: So talking about your healing, you know, I know that God has been divine. Um, and when you said here. And I'm going to quote, healing in different degrees is a miracle and it requires me to believe that regardless of the condition, diagnosis or prognosis, I can receive supernatural recovery as an act of God's divine grace and intervention. So tell, tell me about your healing journey and, um, how you kind of got started because it is hard when you are hanging out with a wrong crowd when you've been doing that for years, you know? If you think about your teenage years, you think about coming here some into your adulthood and making those mistakes so for years and not having the the guidance, if you feel, or the, or that connection to a parent that could make you, how they guilt you into changing some things yeah. or doing some things. Um, how How did you get to that?
2: So first and foremost, I couldn't stand anything about Jesus, the Bible, or anything. I that was not me. Really? I nope. Don't talk to me about the Bible.
0: And it's so uh, and it's so opposite from what you write here. It's so opposite from what you write here because you write here and you're just like, no, Jesus was the first sentence in my book.
2: <laughs> so a lot of you know, see, so here's here's one thing is that a lot of people think that um, for me it was like a like uh i grew up with the examples of what christian what a good christian you know is and you know going to church and anything like that i didn't Mm -hmm. i actually hated every single thing that it had to do with church i hated everything that had to do with living with principles Mm -hmm. i hated every single thing that had to do with in a specific life that you know i let myself put some thoughts and things in my head that is kind of like, you know, that's old school. That's outdated. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to create your own beliefs. You have to create your own thing. You have to believe whatever the world tells you to believe, you know, Um, create your own, you know, rules, because those rules are outdated. They're going to keep you stuck and they're going to keep you, you know, you know, in a way where you don't want to be, you want to be a savage, you want to be a bad bitch, you want to be a wild chick, you want to, you know, you want to be the one that nobody mess with, mm-hmm. you want to be respected and respect, you don't earn it, you take it and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, that mentality was, was what I had. I did not give a damn about anything, not my body, nothing. I do whatever I want with my body, I do whatever I want. I could smoke, I could drink, I do whatever because. I'm my own God.
1: Mm-hmm. And when
2: I don't feel good, I have the, the, the alcohol and I have the weed and I can just bang whoever I want, and I can just text him, you know, bang it and quit it, and goodbye. Have a blessed life, you know. I see you when I see you. Then that didn't fulfill me. Yeah. Then I start feeling empty. Now I'm doing all of this other stuff that's supposed to be filling me up. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm feeling
2: worse. Mm. Yes. And I'm passing out. Mm. Thinking. Thinking. And you know the mind.
0: Yeah, oh, the mind. Listen, the mind could jail you. The mind could really incarcerate you.
2: The mind went crazy. Many, many nights by myself. Here, passing out in this apartment. In, in that in that couch they used to before, mm-hmm. right there, just passing out. And what is it? Something was calling, and I don't know what is it. What is it that I am doing? What what is it? I'm there's a yearning in my soul, and there's a yearning in my spirit, but I don't want to deal with Jesus. That's the old. That's <laughs> some dude that walked me. Whatever. I don't care, you know. And. I'm not about to be going to church because church is full of, you know, crazy, you know, demented people, you know, and but there's that calling and there's that emptiness. And the more I do the other stuff, the more empty, empty the, the more hurt mm-hmm. I feel. And and, and and not only that, but then now my sister's about to move with me, my little sister, but now I'm responsible to set an example and I'm like I don't know how much of an example I can be because i don't I'm lost myself
0: so I'm she was stolen. coming from dr to come live with you yeah and so now you have to fill that role that maternal role that that other role
2: and she's really a you know she was 18 when she moved in with me now i'm like I have a whole teenager here when I'm like I don't know how to do this but I guess I have to do it you know and I felt alone Mm -hmm. again now I'm alone and then I feel responsible for my sister because my mom and my dad are you know Mm -hmm. whatever and I'm like now I'm responsible for uh, a teenager how I get out how do I do what I do little by little I started saying okay I can't do this but then it was hard it was very hard to leave that because that was my coping mechanism yeah. and that, that's how I did it and then I'm like well maybe I should just smoke with her and drink with her and do things with her and then maybe that's a, a, bond, a bond that we can have Um, but that was wrong mm-hmm. because then now I am putting in on her the coping mechanisms that I use they are not good Right. get into a relationship that it was you know I almost married this guy and it's like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm marrying. Why? Like, what is this? Like, am I trying to soothe something? You know, it revealed me, it revealed me, my empty places, my thirsty places, the places where I wasn't being fulfilled. And I'm looking into now marriage because again, Society said that by a certain age, you need to get married, mm-hmm. to have kids, and, you know, and a mm-hmm. you know, beautiful girl like you, how come you don't have a husband? How come there's no ring on your finger? And I'm like, I, I'm feeding off of this crap.
0: To make you feel even more empty, because now it's like, I've had all these issues, and I'm empty, and I'm self-fulfilling this way, and now society is also telling me where I need to be. So now I'm I'm adding more to that emptiness pool. It,
2: it was... It was... I am completely depleted. Trying to live life from an empty, depleted place. Thirst, hunger, the hunger in my soul, the hunger for love, the thirst to be understood. The, the I don't know how to ask for help. I don't know how to say I am. I am, I am falling apart, but I need to keep it together because. Me is all I have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
2: Mm. And I have to go to work because I need to pay rent because I have to keep us alive, me and my sister. I had to just go. Get up, go, do work. Pay rent, do your thing. numb
0: A robot. Numb numb A robot. Numb A numb robot.
2: Keep nominate. It. Keep it's okay do whatever, numb everything that's happening. Then one day in my living room, it hit. I said, I I need you God. Wow. I need you because I can't do it by myself. I mess everything up. I ruin every relationship that I'm in. I pick the wrong crowd all the time. I don't know how to be vulnerable, emotional, this connection that a lot of people have. I didn't know how to do it. I need you, God. But you're going to have to show me the way because I don't know how to do it by myself.
0: Wow. And so we started there. And you, you mentioned that. What did you have to sacrifice? You talked about growth requires progress. Being comfortable gave me the illusion of safety when in fact it was keeping me stuck. I had to step out of my comfort zone and be bold about my mental and spiritual well-being. Late night Bible studies, fasting, praying, multiple church services a week, involving myself in ministry and anything that kept my mind focused on God. So how did you start? How, so you, you asked God, help me. Help me, because I can't do this by my own. But how did you actually go in and start it?
2: So, I started looking, how do you get close? I Googled, how you Google. How do you get close to God? hmm How do you, you know, how do you become a, you know, I hear the term a daughter of God, but I mm-hmm. didn't think I was a daughter of God, mm-hmm. you know. And... I had recited Romans 8 in my living room. I, you know, Jesus is my Lord. Mm. And it was a divine thing. It was something very deep Deep. in my heart. It was something calling me. And I said, Now, what do I need to do? I need to go to church. Because Mm. church is where I'm going to be with all the believers, Mm. church is where I'm going to be with people that have been in my situation but have been able to overcome. It was hard because then now the people that held me back, those that I used to hang out, some family members, some of my dearest, closest, loving friends, they didn't understood. So Mm -hmm. now you hated church, you hated Jesus, you couldn't understand it, and now you're going to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. What's happening? So they thought that I was being brainwashed. but. One of the main Christian principles is that you need to deny yourself and submit yourself to Jesus and submit yourself to God. And for me, I had to do complete submission of my flesh because my flesh always wants what's worse for me. Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to play with what my flesh wants because it always ends up putting me in a very bad place. So now I have to operate from the same force that I used to destroy me. Now I have to apply the same motivation, the same courage, the same bravery, the same strength that I used to say, I don't care about none of this. And I'm going to do me and all of that stuff. Now I got, I'm going to give you all that to you. And I'm going to give you all of me and if that means I need to let go of friends, family members, family functions, I didn't go to any family function because there was alcohol being involved.
0: And you do not want the temptation.
2: And I didn't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. I had to stop hanging out with friends because they were all smoking weed and, yo, you want some? No, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on. Like, yeah. one yeah. puff is not going to like, you know, it's not going to be bad, you know, you tripping. And I'm like, no, I don't want to now i don't want to talk because talk lead to i'm coming over or and and i had to clean up my act completely and the only way that i could do that is that i had to empty myself of that and fill it up with the things of god mm-hmm. and that was the only way there was no psychology i do think constantly because i did do do counseling, but it was if I started looking at you know self help books. It's a read.
0: collective effort. It's I think and that's where people get get it get it twisted. When you're in this healing journey, there's like so many you you can't just depend on this pool right here. You can't depend on this pot. You need to dig into so many different things because especially if you have struggled with whether self esteem or not feeling fulfilled. That one thing, if you're just focusing on that one thing, it's not going to fulfill you. So if you're in therapy and therapy solely, correct, you, you're you not going to make it. You're just not going to make it.
2: Because a lot of the things that we do is that we read this. I have books all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but how do we apply that? I yeah. needed the help on how to apply what I was reading. Yeah. It's okay to read it, but you need to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I need the help to how to do it. So it, I, I, I switch from... People that were hurting me and hurting themselves and didn't know they were hurting me and they didn't know they were hurting themselves. I switched them for God.
0: So, so was it I'm sorry to cut you off? It's okay Was, it's was okay. it hard to ask for help? Because when you 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 talked about I'm I'm this bad B and I'm this and I'm that and so now I'm submitting myself, I'm vulnerable, but now I gotta ask for help. So now these are other parts of me that I have to also learn to let go. It's not only just the partying, the sex, the drugs, and the alcohol. Now I have to be vulnerable. Now I got to be like, Bessina, can you help me?
2: So to this day, that's one of the biggest uh, problems that I have. I don't know how to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you go through life alone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you learn how to do things alone. alone and on your own. And it's almost like nobody's going to get me. Nobody's going to get, you know, I, you know, I don't want to bother my friend i don't want to bother my cousin i don't want to bother you know it's like i have to do things on my own and what happens is that i sometimes i think i'm on my own and i work myself up to the point where i'm like exhausted
0: Exhausted. exhausted exhausted yes yeah and that's okay because that's all part of the healing journey you know where you you ladies talked about it so succinctly in the book, my journey's not over. My journey's not over. My journey's not over. I started my journey, but my journey's not over. And I think that's important for people to hear that—that that it's okay. But you started somewhere. You helped alleviate um, this one step. So whether it's ten steps to get to where you feel like you need to be, you got up to one step, and that one step helped you. You know, that one step um, helped you eliminate, whether it was addiction to whatever, it got you here. So now we move it to the next step and we're human and we're always evolving and we always have to find ways um, to survive, but survive in a positive way that it doesn't hurt us again. So it's okay to own it and say, Asking for help is hard because for me, asking for help is hard too. I do it at work. Sometimes I get frustrated with my staff and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm not even going to bother to ask this person yeah. to do it because they're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then when we do that, we fill our plate and then we're then that other role comes in. Oh yeah, but I know, nobody knows how to do this or I'm always overwhelmed or I always have extra things to do. That's part of the healing work too. But I something, think,
2: something that we did at the beginning of the project that um, helped me see how big of a journey healing is we came together in a circle it was the first time that we came together and um uh we were with a therapist you know we're a social worker Mm -hmm. and she helped us you know unpack some of the stuff that we're unpacking And, and in listening to others you know everybody had a chance to speak and to say what they needed to say and in listening to others i recognized that this is a journey yeah some of us are on level one of the journey because mm-hmm. we just started and we're just doing it and we just realized i need to change some of us are further alone in our journey because we've been doing the work for a long time and we've been putting in the discipline and we'll be putting in the the, the work that needs to be done to be healed. But one thing you say that, that truly it, it resonates in my heart is that this is never over. Mm-hmm. We have to continue working. Mm-hmm. It is not I am healed. Is she Heals. healed. It's a continual thing that we need to do. We need to focus on the healing process. And the healing process is, first... What is the problem in identifying those things, and that's the was the hardest part because I wanted to be a bad bitch.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Is I didn't wanted to be a good Christian, wonderfully made, favored child of God. Okay. That to me didn't that was some BS. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a savage. I wanted to people to say you can mess with that girl because she is it. Mm-hmm. That is a lie from the pit of hell, like. You know, Christians, like to say. <laughs> I pick here and there some Christians saying I like to joke around like how Christians talk. Mm-hmm. And um, it was something for me that I needed to recognize that kept me empty, depleted, lost, trying to do it. And I wasn't really believing what I'm doing. So that part, I had to say, I need to get on this journey. And this is something that's going to be on for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because it took me this amount of time to recognize how messed up I was. It's going to take me a lifetime to heal mm-hmm.
0: all of mm-hmm. this stuff. Amen. So when talking about that and the She Heals journey, what's next for Isabel? What's next for Favela?
1: I'm sorry. I kept you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um. Honestly, I'm excited. I didn't think I was going to do this again, but I've been asked for a second. So I'm working on Heal, where we're going to include um, men. Because something that I learned when we did our first event, um, when we talked about one of the topics in the book, which was abortion, um, one of the guys broke down Mm in the audience. And that just stood with me,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, that I was like, wow, that just, I don't know what his story was. And, and we're friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't dare, you know, I didn't dare invade his face and ask him, but I knew it was so profound where he had tears. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I've had other people like DM me and say, you know, what about my story? You know, um, family's healing. So I have Quite a few people that have come forward, but, you know, when you have the conversation, I always say, are you ready?
0: Yeah, because I'm telling you, are going to be simpante. That's, that's the whole <laughs> simpantanocillo. Are you ready? <laughs> Not
1: everybody's ready. Um, you have to say to yourself, I always say, I want my story to help someone. Yeah. If it helped one person, I am good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we healed. I'm working on that. Uh, I'm hoping that uh we get that sometime this year at the end of the year it would be another component to She heals. so just yeah. making us you know bringing a, a I, I definitely think this conversation is needed. Oh, I would love absolutely. to do a panel. Yeah you know men and women. You know how valuable that is? Yeah. Because we don't dare have these conversations, right? We don't even when you and I met that we were like, oh my God, like it was just <laughs> like you said such a connection. <laughs> it was because our story mm-hmm. and even in the book um you know, I know you had Naomi on and we talked about this. What happened to Naomi and her story with the doctor, when I read it, that was my perpetrator as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So that was the second person that violated, you know? And when I, and I'm starting to get emotional.
0: Oh, um, it's okay. This is why we're here. This is to be raw and be vulnerable and authentic.
1: So, when I read that, um, I had to stop and be like, was this the same person? And we were close friends. We were close. And I didn't know that then. And I was older than her. Mm-hmm. So, how did I not? You understand? Like, it was like, wow, all these years later, and we shared a similar experience, and we were hanging out every day, but we never shared it. Yeah. Right, because it's that shame and that guilt and all of that, right? So, so many people are hurting, and so many people, and it's not staying. You know, some people tell me, "Why do you keep, you know, healing?" Healing is a journey. It's a journey. People can ask you why. Yes, and if we can tell people it's okay what happened to you, it's okay to have been there. It's okay for you to get, you know, to you to own that. There's nothing wrong with you.
0: No, there isn't. You
1: know. There's nothing wrong with you. So I want to continue that journey. Um, that is my goal, to continue that. So people can know that it's okay to mm-hmm. share. And, and and that may be someone else's way of, they don't believe in therapy, they don't believe in the church, right? Mm-hmm. But that might be the first step of them releasing their pain. Like you said, our minds keep us in prison. Yeah. You know, so that might be somebody's way of, releasing that that's why i said we have to be careful when we write things right i heard this young lady say that it stuck with me we're bleeding on people when we're writing mm. and we have to be really careful the things that we're saying we have to really be intentional that we're here to help someone yes that we're not here that we're being authentic with that yeah because authenticity is huge for me because i lived a life of pretending for so long
0: yes It is important. And this is why I have this platform, because I only want authentic conversations and honest conversations, because we're all human. And um, even in this platform where people are like, oh, these are the questions I want you to ask me, you know, when I've had guests. um, To me, I'm just like, okay, I twist it, because I need it to be organic. I need it to be authentic. You see, I don't have a list of questions here, um, presented to you guys. And I'll do it sometimes, sometimes not depending on, on who the person is, but when we're talking about topics like this, that you're getting into the core of something, not that you're going to teach someone something, but when you're getting into the core, it has to be an authentic conversation Mm -hmm. because spirit has to lead you to ask whatever else is next, whatever else you want. You know, you can't just sit here and make it, um, fake, because yeah, that's yeah let's make it pretty no it, yeah, there's nothing, no, there's, nothing there's nothing pretty about making anything fake and these are real people we are real people we're human beings and we have stories to share that people are afraid to talk about we think about our culture especially our culture yeah. you know our families just don't talk about things that they've experienced. You know, everything is thrown under the bus. The alcoholism, Lord have mercy, especially in our culture. That's thrown under the bus. You know, think about us being four, five, six, seven years old. Fiesta con tro de alcohol. in You know what I'm saying? And everybody's what? drinking till five in the morning. Que fiesta, que fiesta. And you start taking a step back. And it's not that you feel you're better than anyone, but you sit and you feel back and your soul doesn't feel connected to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could say that with family parties that I've been to, where Tan and you're just like, tú vas tú vas vas And it's not feeling better, being better, but I'm not connected to that because I know that alcoholism is in my genes and it's in my family. And so I got to be careful about those things. That addiction is in genetically there that if si yeah. yo me doy un gutazo, pero un buen gutazo. yo sigo, 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 sigo. a mi me gusta el a mi me gusta el can, gusta comer, gusta el can. <laughs> you know like you have to be careful and we have to talk about this because our culture let me tell you something it shuts us up from everything you know I have a brother who who has mental illness and it's like people don't talk about that people yeah. don't put that out there people yeah. don't say anything people you we have to be able to be okay and it's because mm-hmm. society, everything, and we could go deeper into, you know, slavery and being enslaved and mm-hmm. all of that, where you have to kind of keep things more. That bondage. bondage yeah. that bondage that we have. But we've reached a point in this world that if we're not, we're, we keep messing up our kids and keep messing up the next generation. And and as you said that as a parent, I think of the things that I, I do or I've done as a parent, um, and I'm honest about it. So when we talk about our traumas, I had to tell my son, don't hug me from behind that's a trauma for me. Mm. And I've had to share that with him. And I had to say, mm. don't hug me. And I'm always tense. When he's coming to hug me, I'm always like this. And I've had to tell him, you got to hug me coming from the front because I need to see where you're coming. I need that control because I need to see mm. that you're not going to take mm-hmm. advantage of me. Like it's happened to me in in, in my childhood. I need to mm-hmm. see where you're coming from. And I, it's my son. Yo lo parí. Like this is my child. I know my son, mm-hmm. that's not even nowhere near his mind, but the trauma, the healing that you're still doing, little things like that are still a trigger, and this is why this this journey is beautiful. Um, it's hard; it's hard topics, but it's beautiful. And favela, for you to even share like, para mí Dios no era nadie. like I, it was nothing, and for you to, I think about the teenagers that I work with that I'm always telling them like, "We didn't gonna get you nowhere. Drinking ain't gonna get you nowhere. You know, you being out there in the streets and doing this, that's not gonna get you and Trust me, you need to do this. You know, and sometimes." It's not, you know, I work for a, an organization, a non for profit but I, I do things unorganically as a social worker. And I'm like, you You got to pray. I'm, I'm going to ask Jesus to come over you because, girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But well, we have to kind of pour love into other people. And and for you to do that and to find your cup to be filled someplace else, Favela, is beautiful. It's beautiful because you could have been somewhere else. You know, our traumas collectively Oh, yeah, stripper central, but yeah, bailando, jiggle a leg, or lo que sea, you know, like, or vendiendo, moviendo stuff for people, you know, like just in, into negative things. And, and we've we've all decided collectively, and everybody else in the project, and, and just people outside in the world who are doing their, their journey have collectively said, ja, I need to work on this. And it's beautiful. And I'm so happy that. Um, now you have a wee heal and now you're incorporating men because we tend to forget about men so thank you so much Isabel and favela what's next for you um
2: I already have uh the title of my solo book that I want
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and I a lot of people that have read the book have gave me one common feedback which is they wanted a little bit more of what led me to in same question that you asked mm-hmm. me what led me to God and that is where I'm going to Go that route. Um, I didn't want to glorify my dysfunction in She Heals. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give all the glory to God and um, my next. But you
0: did. You did. Even though you talked about the dysfunction, you still did because if people pay, if you pay attention to your own story and people pay attention to your story, you you did give it to him because that's a complete night and day. It's not. I I can't share that with you because I came up. Pure religious family. My father's a deacon in the Catholic church. My mom is like, you know, La, La Cija de Maria. This, you name it. I was in a youth group. You name it. You know, um, where I did my sins, but I was always scared of God. I always thought about like, oh, no, get For you, it's a complete three, 360, no, 180.
2: I love, I love sinning
0: very yeah, much. Yeah, right. And and that's where, that's, that's the story. That's the capture where it was just literally night and day. Where it was just like, yo estaba del demonio y ahora estoy en Jesús. Like, that's that's powerful. That is so powerful. Glory to him. Thank you. Yeah, that is powerful. Like, Thank I you. I got emotional just thinking about that because people would would take a story like that and say that's a lost cause. Es un caso yes. perdido.
2: Yes. No and vale la pena. Something. I should have been the stripper, the dealer. I should have been the one with the five kids with five different dudes you know i was the one who was supposed to be in jail i was the one who was supposed to be dead because i put myself in many situations where i should have been dead and to be here writing about it owning it and not only that one thing that it struck me the most about this whole thing i couldn't stand women. <laughs> i always thought woman i always associated woman with my mom People, mm. you know things like that mean <clears throat> just you know a cheat most of you know always trying to hurt me you know and because I wrote that script I always tend to be surrounded by women who used to do that to me yeah so then I said to myself I need to surround myself with women that are feeling that where. With, with what this is about this is not about showing off this is not about no. staying you know trying to show each other that we are better than one another these are 12 women with 12 different stories moms, single divorce craziness you know things that happen that you know i one of our collaborators Gloria, I don't know how she's saying, you know, some of the things that happened in her life, and hopefully, Gloria can come in and. Yeah,
0: Gloria's story was, yeah, yeah. So,
2: there's those things where it reminded me as women, we need to come together. Mm -hmm. The common denominator is that we are in pain by our. And we think that the other one doesn't understand what we go through. Yes. The, this is what we need. We need to come together. We'll, there's many things that I don't want to preach because mm-hmm. I tend to go that route. But <laughs> women in the Bible have a significant, so much significance. Not only that, but Jesus, when Jesus came out of the, the, the grave, he, he, the first people that he introduced himself and as the women. We're women. Yep. We have a significance in, in, in so much. We're the ones who carry the womb. We birth things. We, we birth promises. And the promises of God are in us. And that is the part where I want every single woman. My whole thing right now, I want to help. I want to be the woman that I needed when I was lost. Mm. Yes. So-
0: yes. And that, that ooh, Yes.
2: I needed yes. women in my life that were together and show me, I want to be that woman. Yes. For all, of, all the other women who are lost and they just need another woman to say, girl, I was there. Yeah. These, you can come out of it. I'm going to help you. Come, let me help you. Yeah. And I'm going to show you ways that in you you don't even think that they exist, but they are here and they're there's so many ways that we can help one another as women yes. and that's the beautiful part of, of this whole
0: project so where can uh, people find you guys and where can they purchase the books
1: so for me um, Isabel I'm on the Isabel the author in um, IG um, I also just launched Rojas's publishing yeah. so that's so
0: exciting, exciting. Yeah. keep
2: it in the family
0: I know right listen yes. I saw it I was like boy no I can a Because I'm supporting women
1: and yes. men. Yes. But um yes, and the book can be found under my link is on the IG page, mm-hmm. which is isabeltheauthor.shop. Um Yeah, those are the places.
0: And Favela?
2: Oh my god, I'm this social media stuff, I'm still trying to get with it, but I get it. So if Instagram is at favela steel rising uh, my twitter favela rising which i prefer twitter than instagram it's just more you know and um facebook favela rojas um and
0: you're part of you the up. book <laughs> yeah hit me up so they could find it on on your link on your yeah, in- okay yeah. perfect um,
2: just hit me up message me um if you don't have the full price, I'm telling people, I don't care. I want you to read the book. Amen. That's what I'm doing. It's like, mm-hmm. I just want you to get your hands on the book. Because a lot of people shy away because it's, you know, I, I don't have that type of money right now. I said, you could borrow my book, you could read it, and then we could talk about this. Yes.
0: So. My book has highlighters. I don't know if I'm going to lend it out. But But let me leave um, the listeners with this beautiful quote from Melody Lee. It says, she is small in stature, but don't be fooled. She's, She's warrior strength. You can't break a girl that has walked through fires and dances in storms. That was a deep poem that I got from She Heals. So thank you, listeners. Thank you, ladies, for spending this time. And... I am so super excited to sit here, edit it, and post it because this was amazing conversations. So thank you. you.
2: Thank you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beautiest Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week. And send us your girl, what were you thinking, or asking for friend stories to info at imbeautiousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now. Thanks for listening to the Beautiest Me Podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week. And send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at IamBeauteousMe.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review and hit the subscribe button now.